بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والعاقبة للمتقين ولا عدوان إلا على الظالمين وصلوات الله وسلامه على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم لا سهلة إلا ما جعلته سهلة وأنت تجل الحزن إذا شئت سهلة اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته There's no microphone today What are you hating for? So, um, I didn't see it. Excellent. The truth is, is that I am surrounded by boxes that I have to get rid of. Otherwise, I'm going to be distracted throughout the lesson. Not that I'm ever distracted by chocolate, as you know. Because man's is a rock. Man's is a rock, yani, of. Dwayne Johnson proportions Sometimes soft around the edges Because you've got to be these days Because people can't handle that kind of Power and force 24-7 Do you understand what I'm saying? So So The people online will be glad to know That This will be the last time not the last time that there'll be chocolate. Last time that there will be this kind of interruption to the class. Yeah, bring, bring. Don't worry. <coughs> There's no shortage, Lala. Dr. Savi, you celebrations. What are you celebrating, Lala? That you're here in the class. <laughs> so, can we give you commiserations back? No. So, the good news is, is that the class will not be disrupted after this day. You see, the problem is, is that we can't give it out. If the people are wondering, why don't you give it out after Isha? It's because after Isha, it's a madness in here. The uncles come, they kill us, and we're all under stress. We've got to pray immediately, so it's not happening. So until the time goes to after 8 o'clock, which is when we can then teach the class, and then give out all the food, and there's nobody here, and we can eat and be merry and chat, and that can't happen for another couple of weeks. But today is the last day. Because next week, inshallah, the dars is going to come from Aqsa, inshallah. And if you are met with a, a black screen, then that dars is not coming from Aqsa. And your boy is in, your boy is yani, been hooked up somewhere. And what I want to say is that I, I'm expecting you guys to have a, a free AE campaign and get on that case and make sure that you get me out safe and sound. If you need any inspiration, then watch the film of my youth, Free Willy. Very nice Yanni film. Gave a lot of good hints and tips of how to launch mm-hmm. a campaign against all the odds. But make sure you don't forget me, that's all. Yes? There were lesson after that then, two weeks time, we'll be back to post-Isha. Isn't it, Shaz? Which will be... Uh, so, progressively getting to a set time. But it will be next week, not next week's lesson. Next week's lesson is going to be on, well, about to say time. Time is next week. next week. Now, what's the one after in two weeks' time? 8.50. 8.30. 8.30. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 8.50. 
So, so right? yeah. You are thinking like that. You are optimist, mashallah. I like your optimism. So anyway, so like I said, he's going to be on Right. So there's so much. Like you obviously, I get a bit confused. Yeah. So I, I think I have a plan. I have a plan. This is from Maria in the States. Okay. Yeah. Huh? That's Asl Mal, by the way. That's Godiva. Okay. Uh, however, there is a sign here which indicates that it's for the sisters. Yeah. It says that. It says dark chocolate with velvety dark chocolate filling. Otherwise known as sisters. <laughs> you know, they are. Uh, she mentioned that. She mentioned that. And I think I can see. I think I can see. Oh no, it's my, where's Rabia? She here? She's here. Okay, that's fine. Rabia is also, yeah, she made, laid a claim to it. But you know what? The reason why it's called Sisters Chocolate is because they're all concerned about, Yani, you know, their hearts and their health and dark chocolate's good for you and all this bakwas. You know what I'm saying? And that it doesn't put on weight and it's got antioxidant, blah, blah, bakwas, Yani, whatever. So I say that me being the generous. Uh, by the way, each one of these is at least a quid. Gotta be. I did taste one, by the way. Yeah, and you know it's expensive. But I advise anybody that if you're going to open it, you need to open it very carefully because it's kind of very crumbly. And I do not want a mess in my masjid. You ready to catch this, yeah? Oh, yes. Well done. Right. Everybody online, just bear with us, okay? Don't, don't. Look, look at this, by the way. I'm not even joking. That is actually how heavy as it is. Okay? I finally you know the time to walk in. Well done, bro. So, this is... Courtesy of uh, Ghazala, okay, Glover, not yani, not auntie there trying to nick everybody's yani thinking, okay. Uh, so this one, I don't know what's happening, but I don't know whether it has sisters on it or not, but I'll tell you, oh my goodness gracious, oh my God. Terry's, isn't it? Terry's. Look at that video, that's not for sisters. <laughs> That's not for sisters. That says, look at it, subhanAllah, it says real brothers. It says real, real brothers. Asal mal that is. Ghazala Glover, you smashed it. Oh my God. Right, I just wanted to just work out. We've got to work out an equitable distribution system, okay? Because I think that the way it's got to, the way that this has got to be distributed, the fairest way, Last what did we do last week? We said we said one piece between four, no we said four one bar between four women yeah so one bar because it was uh, and then in the end you basically took I think by, by, by two because I realized that you lot were not being very honest yeah so I reckon this is what is it a hustle ball yeah is that twenty pieces in that that's not is it eight pieces meeting one block. Lala, come on, Cam. Not even you can do that, bro. Watch me. One second. This is. I can't remember how many this is yet, but. (laughs) No, no, I can't open this one right yet. But I think, I think, yeah. Two between. No, one between three, four, 
three. Oh, channel three. Okay. All right. I think it goes by. I think that the division should go based upon how much brain energy is used in a class. So on that hisab, I get a tray. I think that's only fair. I don't. You know, we're in a new era right now where people, you know, justice is a subjective term. It's how everybody understands it. But I'm sure that you got. All oh, right. Okay. Seriously, come on, be honest now. How are we, we dividing this? There's no way I'm giving each one person each box. Why not? Because it's not enough. Start Why not? No, we don't start from the front. We start from the asal people. You know what it is? I'll tell you how this is going to work. I know how this is going to work. Do you have a suggestion how it's going to work? Yes. Yes. Uh, so. The suggestion is that you, the other chocolates that you handed out have nuts in it. So first of all, you who <laughs> <laughs> flipping called Elf and Safety? <laughs> Protocol. That's a good, good one. Yeah. Everybody, the chocolate ones has got nuts, and these have got allergies to women. Okay. <laughs> this one has a different type of nut, which all women they come out in big spots. So that's. You know what? I'm glad you spoke up when you spoke up. Very good shout. Yes. Next point. That's what. You know what? You keep on speaking because you are excellent. Okay. These are, th- those are okay for women, but they do have nuts. So please, if you have a nut allergy, don't take those. These are just allergic to women. Yes. Okay, yeah. So you don't uh, touch those thingies. And we'll give you a Ferrero. No, not Ferrero. That's full of nuts. Okay. I'll give you some celebrations. Don't worry. I look after everybody. Equal opportunities. I don't mess about like that. I'm I'm legit guy. I want you to know. Right. This is how it happens. Okay, the legit students are the ones who get a full kebab. Okay, Dr. Arfan. Yes, because he's legit. Islam, yep, Islam has been here for a long time. Can I sniff it? Islam. No, 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 no. He's a legit guy. Zakaria has been a legit guy. Zakaria, yeah, 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 is a legit guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Just wait. Isa has been legit guy. Shazad is a legit guy. It's that too. Oh, jackpot. Okay. <laughs> right. You've been a legit guy. Okay. Uh, Jiva, Jiva's legit. From the original. You're not legit. You, you come what, for four days, five days, and in your life? Okay, right. Who else is legit? Rabia is legit. Alright, you see, this is a difficult throw. Okay, alright. And that's the legit. That's the legit people that I can see that are regular students that have been here for a long time from the beginning. Okay? I know everybody online is freaking out. Asma, sorry, Asma, 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 Asma. Yep, there we go. Okay. Alright. Now it needs to be those people who have been legit in the last few years. Oh, I forgot Usman. Right. Don't you dare. This isn't mine, by the way. I'm going to have my own. <laughs> <laughs> right, so who's been around for the last few years? Omar, yeah. Omar's done all right. Okay. All right. Atif done all right. Yeah, Atif's all right. And as, as yet, you can have Saf, yeah. All right, okay. Right. From you ladies, yeah. Who else has kind of made a kind of... Okay, money's kind of come. All right, there you go. Right. Have I given some to you lot? Right. All right. The rest of you lot are going to have to share. That's it. Okay. 
You lot are going to have to share. How many we got left? Inshallah, all right. Lala, let's send this out. Okay, there you go. You have nothing else in the bags? There's plenty more. Okay, one second. All right. All right, there you go. All right, just so in Canberra they don't think that we don't, you know, look after people. Where are they from? Okay. Can I have take this and pass it around? Yeah, that's Nader. This is from Nader, folks, from Luton. Good man, Nader. Okay. That's got nuts in it, okay, young lady? All right, don't say I don't look after you, all right? Okay. I personally think you've got to be careful that, you know, about that, that you might have to give it to the men of your house, that uh, Terry's. I'm telling you, it's not a good, it's not a good look. Have I seen what, what? Oh, I saw twirl orange. You're too right, I saw twirl orange. Okay, this, this is for you, chocolate, uh, peanut free. And this is peanut free. There you go. Alright. Okay, boys and girls, pass that one around. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna I'm feeling generous today. I'm gonna chuck a few in. Alright? There you can have Ferdosi. Pick that one up. Okay, and you can catch that one. Oh, what come on. Okay, Como, you can catch that one. Yeah, well done. Yeah. And Ruba. Maybe you can do a better job. Okay. All right. And we'll throw what? No, that's enough. That's enough. I'm not going to have enough left. How are we doing over there dividing? Where are they? Where's the, where's the, where's the, you know what? Mortman's been around for a long time, man. Mortman done well. Mortman always comes in late all the time, but he always makes it. All right, folks. Can we, can we can do some work today or what? People literally are having right. No, you know, I'm worried about you, man. All right. Your selection is. There we go. No, no. Where's the where's the where's the chocolate oranges? I'm telling you, if I don't see them passed around, there's gonna be beets. Well, you've got one. No, I haven't. I passed it all out. What are you on about? This is my tray. I've, I've halved my tray, by the way. Yeah, where are they? They're gonna be shared out. You damn right, you got enough. I see. Take this one, okay? I got one. Don't worry. Okay, no, I'll pass it around. These tight packies, if anyone touches my... You know what? I need These to, are the real deal, though, right? What are you talking about? You lot, yeah? I can't trust you lot. I, I know that I'm gonna, my head's going to be turned and you lot are going to come and do something. You lot are dreaming. Right, are we going to... You lot are just going to doss about all this time or what? Right, today... By the way, on a serious note, okay... Um, we did an assessment of our new costs. We're looking to develop a few things. Um, you know, if people sent in money instead of uh, chocolate, wouldn't that be better? Isn't it? You know what I mean? Anyway, so, Shazad, if you can uh, post the link. Anybody who wishes to donate per month for this project, the LP project, okay, then there's a link and a couple of quid a month, not going to hurt anybody, and a big return. MashaAllah, tabarakallah. Still the biggest class online, longest, blah, 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 all that kind of uh, behavior. Right. The Arabic text. Nada. Galaxy is just too sick, I swear. What's happening, dog? You came at a good time. What's happening, Hubs? Oh, wow, you sick guy. 
ويستعيد من عذاب جهنم وعذاب القبر وفتنة المحيا والممات وفتنة المسيح الدجال ويدعو بما ورد. Thank you very much, Mayba. I'm going to have this chocolate and then we're going to get serious, okay? Because that's enough. English. Bad wishes. Is this Rippin' Stain in the picture? Get out. Yeah, thank you very much. Then, we're still in the Tashahud part. Then he, seeks, then he seeks refuge from the punishment of hell. We've done that. And the punishment of the grave, we've done that. The punishment of life and the punishment of death, we've done that. And the punishment of the false Messiah, which is what we're going to do today. Supplicating with that which is narrated. All right? In the commentary, we're on page 190. On a serious note, I wanted to get the chocolate out of the way because this is not a uh, joke subject. Huh? This is a very, very serious one. And you know, we like to mess about and have fun. It's a very important part of our class. It will never stop. It's time to get serious, then we'll also get serious as well. Notice that it's the last one. Notice that it has been mentioned whilst it's something that is as serious as death, but is very much part of life as well. It's actually covered when you say, and I seek refuge with you from that, which is, you know, fitnat al-mahiya, the fitna of life, and the fitna of death. It falls into both categories, specifically into life, of course. And yet the Prophet ﷺ saw it important enough to then give it its own mention. Like almost its own double kind of repetition, double category. Yeah? So, let's break it down. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really want to go into any kind of detail. I'm not a big fan of this kind of subject. I know it's the Islamic speaker's paradise. They love this stuff, which in, in essence, I don't have a lecture on this uh, uh, stuff because I'm not one to like that. But I know Muslims love end of days and judgment signs and all the rest of it. It's an exciting kind of subject. You know, it's like kind of film materials or fantasy type kind of things. And so people get excited. They love to hear their kind of lectures and, you know, scare, uh, scare tactics, uh, scare kind of, you know, rhetoric and whatever. However, it is a serious uh, subject that should be uh, looked at. And Sheikh Uthameen goes into about seven, eight, nine pages of some detail. I think we can cover that today quite easily. Okay? Um, so at the top of page 190, um, The fitna of a Dajjal. Fitna, the trial. Fitna, the test. Um, fitna does not have a, po- a positive connotation. Normally is some kind of uh, punishment or will lead to punishment. However, if a person um, is able to pass it, then it becomes a source of reward. It becomes a source of excellence for that person. Can we have phones on silent, please? Um, the Masih al-Masih al-Dajjal, the word, two words, the false Messiah, Al-Masih is, you can see even in Arabic, Al-Masih is known as Messiah, as the word. But the Messiah is not an English word anyway. But Al-Masih is not referring to just the translation Messiah. It actually comes from Al-Masih. Now, it might be that when you go back from a language's point of view, you find that Messiah does mean that, okay? From whatever its original uh, word is. But um, the Prophet ﷺ did say that he would effectively flow through the earth 
Um, he has every ability that a person can imagine and also cannot imagine. And that's why the masah is wiping. You know, we make masah on our socks. Yeah. So masah, he is the masih from the verb fa'il, means that that's what he does very naturally, very easily. He will basically wipe yani, the surface of the earth. He will wipe it in every way, in a metaphorical way and in a real way. The metaphorical is that he will like flow through the earth and you know cover vast distances and not, nothing will be uh, uh, left safe and so on. Physically uh, as well, in a real sense as well, the nature of his movement is not clear, but many hadith describe some of his actions. So for example, he will touch earth and earth which is dead will bring life. So plants will come forth and water will come forth. And in one hadith which is very famous, the Prophet ﷺ said that the kunuz, the treasures of the earth will come out without any physical work. So whether that's referring to oil, whether that's referring to gold and silver, it's kunuz is generally classically referred to gold and silver, but it means treasure, which means things of great value. So it's not possible, there'll be crops for example, uh, that have failed, there will be a massive famine and drought at that time, which adds to the, t- the, to the trial, and he will wipe. So he actually does wipe. Not only does he wipe yani, the surface by his steps and, and indicates, but he physically wipes as well. So we have, for example, those that have a herds of livestock that are dependent upon them and they're dry, meaning they're not giving any milk, they've now become shrunken, and they, you know, and he will wipe. And they will become full, the others will become full, the milk will start to flow. So that's why he has the word al-Masih. And the second word is uh, Dajjal. And the Dajjal comes from a Dajjal. And Dajjal means uh, uh, fraud. Uh, the Dajjal, I, if you just said Dajjal without, without Ad-Dajjal, Ad-Dajjal means the false Messiah. But Dajjal is also a word that we use for charlatans, imposters. Conmen, illusionists, he's a Dajjal. Dajjal is trickery. Dajjal is camouflage, right? You, you cover yourself and you make yourself look like something and you're, you're not, but you're something else. So it's fooling the people, illusions. And, and that's, of course, he is that in a real way and he uses it as well. So he is the ultimate imposter because he would claim to be God. First, he would claim to be, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But he'll claim to be Muslim, then he'll claim to be a prophet, then he'll claim to be God. It will be a, a steady progression. So he's false in that sense. But he's also going to use illusions as well. Not just as an imposter himself, but he'll do things. He'll make things appear. So the idea of uh, the most famous one is the idea that he will, he will actually go... I'm, I'm going a bit out of uh, uh, order. But he will make the Jannah look like Nar and he'll make the Nar look like Jannah. So he has that ability to be able to have visual illusions. At the same time, it's not a complete illusion because there is a real physical reality to what people enter into. So when they actually go in, the Prophet ﷺ said that whoever listens to him and enters into his Jannah will enter into the fire. So that shows actually it's not even an illusion. It's real, but the outside of it is the illusion part. Okay, the Prophet ﷺ described al-Masih al-Dajjal as well. Shaykh Uthameen wants to describe some of it. He says he will. Uh, one of the reasons he's called the Masih is because he will wipe or he will like fly across the the earth uh, 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 so quickly. He will move very quickly, like float across the earth. And he is also 
He's also known as a Masih because his his Mamsuh al Ain. Now, Mamsuh al Ain, if we translate it literally, means his eye is wiped. You know, everybody thinks of, you know, again, this uh, uh, is ironic because we're going Aqsa next week. And one of the things that I noticed very much last time, I think I spoke about it here as well, is how much the latent consumption, which remains latent, of our childhoods in this country and in the West of the biblical narrative and the Western narrative about prophets and movies and things, ideas of Jesus, Moses, Ten Commandments, Jews, you know, these kind of things, and how we understand what the prophets, uh, you know, what we took from popular culture as opposed to reading our own books and going to our own lessons. It remains latent. And when it gets activated, when you hear the word, then you've got a dominant kind of feature and emotions. And what I mentioned last time is that I saw people getting incredibly emotional about utter fake nonsense in Aqsa. Because they're actually thinking, oh, really, Isa got crucified. Proper practicing Muslims. And that yani, latent belief comes out in their aqidah. Likewise, we have popular stories. Obviously, this is a Western you know, Roman kind of uh, culture. And uh, 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 what's the word? Uh, Vikings and all the nonsense. Whatever that we've had through the, Anglo- Anglo- through the Saxons, uh, 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 Anglo-Saxon uh, roots. And so, for example, the kind of mythology that we know about the concept of one-eyed is Cyclops. And the Prophet ﷺ said that he is one-eyed. The Jal is one-eyed. So everybody believes that he's got like this one big dirty eye you know, in the middle of his head. Because that's the only thing that we know, Cyclops. That's what we've grown up to be. And so, and you know, I, 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 I hope, because like I said, I don't like this area. I don't want to say I don't like this area, but I get very bored of speakers and Muslim personalities just focusing on just giving the crowd, you know, crowd pleasers. They speak a lot about this subject because the people want to know. So I don't really access all of that. But I am, I am hoping, if you've consumed that, that, con- that content, that your scholars and speakers are responsible enough to explain why this is wrong and why it's important to correct. If they haven't, let me tell you. That the longer that we allow this kind of idea to perpetuate, uh, you know, just misinterpretation of what it means that he is one-eyed. Okay, one-eyed. Even though the hadith doesn't even say that. He says, A'war, which means that he's blind in one eye. Actually, that's what it means, right? The more we allow translations and cassettes and videos and, you know, to, to spread, saying he's one-eyed and we're all thinking it's Cyclops and we don't correct that, it then becomes fantastical. It becomes super easy for us to recognize him. It becomes very then easy to, for us, you know, if someone's only got, you know, a Cyclops, we're going to spot that guy, you know, every, time, every day of the week. Do you get what I'm trying to say? That's the damage right there. The Prophet ﷺ emphasized him and described him in so much detail to make it clear you can't recognize him. And that it's only the absolute top level believer that can see kafara on his head. The majority miss it. And even those who have doubts in their interactions with him, their doubts are taken away. And he changes their iman for kufr. And I'll read some of the hadith that come. So it's important that when you see him, you're not going to recognize him. And even though he is one-eyed, the Prophet ﷺ said that he is, um, that he that he is, لِأَنْهُ أَعْوَرَ الْعَيْنِ الْيُمْنَى that his right eye is blind. It's not that he has one eye; he has two eyes. His right one is ممسوح العين. It's like it's been wiped. Now, what that means, we don't know. But but the scholars pretty much said two things because one, the hadith mentions it's like a grape floating in water. Okay, now a grape floating in water is the analogy which is given. 
How that translates into real life, I don't know. Does it mean that it's detached? Does it mean that it's got a very weak... Uh, what's the stalk called? Where's Zafkan? What's the stalk of the eye called? Optic the optic nerve. Maybe that is only hanging from that way. The, however, the other hadith indicate, especially with the word mamsuah, is that it indicates it's sunken. It's gone very deep in. So we don't know the nature of the exact discipline. I've got a eye specialist that I'm looking at, and it is my okay. How would an eye, what would, how would you describe, if I said to you two words, if I gave you two characteristics, I said that it feels like it's, it looks like it's meant to be floating, and it feels like it is uh, sunken. Do they fit? Yeah, it would be, um, this is more like if you've got a squid, and also. The cornea can go opaque. The cornea goes opaque. With a star, it the appearance meaning that it looks like the the, the, the peeled grape. It looks milky white. Okay. And it can look like it's... Uh, you can't really tell if it's pointing in the right direction to go out the floating. So the, 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 the straightness is gone. It's like it's now being juxtaposed in a different... Like it's floating, loose. Right. 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 So I think what's useful for us to understand is that this is not as abnormal as a person might think. Meaning that everybody notices someone who's got a dodgy eye, but it's not one eye in the middle of the head. You know what I'm trying to say? And that's important. Because everything now that we that the Prophet describes is that even though we've been given a clue and that's going to help us, the rest of the stuff is really problematic for the believer. And let's have a look at what that uh, is. Um, if the, the Prophet, if someone asks why is it that he is, um, why has he been given his individual own category, Masih al-Dajjal, because the Prophet ﷺ said that it is the, without any restriction, the greatest fitna that will ever inflict, afflict mankind. And in the hadith which is famous, the Prophet ﷺ said, Adam. Since Adam was created, there will never be a fitna, a trial, greater than the appearance and the coming of a Masih al-Dajjal. In the other hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that there has never been a prophet that has ever been sent except that he warned his people about a Dajjal. Every single prophet in every single era warned the people of Al-Masih al-Dajjal. The Prophet ﷺ said, and the reason that they did that is because of the nature of his threat, which is going to come in a second as well. The Prophet ﷺ said in the hadith, If he comes whilst I am still amongst you, then you leave it to me. If he comes whilst I am still amongst you, you leave it to me. If he comes and I am not amongst you, then every man for himself, Wallahu Khalifati ala kulli Muslim. Every man for himself, but I have left behind Allah for every Muslim. I have left behind the greatest, yani, uh, for every Muslim to depend upon. This hadith is the famous one narrated by Imam Muslim. Hadith number uh, 
Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about him in, in a more logical kind of order. That's like, I guess, an, an introduction. So Sheikh Uthameen, at the bottom of 191, he goes, right, let's have a look at some issues. The first of them, his time, his era. When will it be? Answer, the end of time. That's all we know. We know that he comes from the end of time. He is from the signs of the end of time. So he himself, his appearance is an establishment of the end of the Day of Judgment. Okay? Yes? Uh, remember what we said, I don't know whether last week or the week before, I might be getting mixed up. But the, the question was, by the way, that uh, why would the Prophet ﷺ say, if he said the end of times, then why would he say, you know, if he comes and I am here? Because at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, the companions thought that was the end of time. They themselves not only believed that, but the Prophet ﷺ said that I am the onset of the end of time. So when we look at, you know, I always give the example of the, uh, the hourglass. The hourglass got turned as, as, as soon as Adam got sent to earth. So as soon as he was expelled and he came to earth, then time has been ticking. We are now in relative terms of the universe, time, all that, you know, behavior, physics behavior. We're on the last few grains. The last few grains, or you can even argue the penultimate grain, if there was two grains left, the penultimate grain which allows the last grain to fall was the coming of the Prophet ﷺ. He is the onset of the Day of Judgment. It was never ever going to happen until the Prophet ﷺ activates it. Think about it. All of the Prophets have been sent, all of the messengers have been sent, all of the trials have been sent. The Prophet ﷺ makes it super clear that everybody's message was a continuous one except his, and his is the end of the messages. He is the last of the Prophets. So when he comes, Judgment Day is in. Whether it happens now within 10 days, 10 years, 100 years, 1,000 years, the companions and the Salaf at that time, they were of a variety of different opinions. None of them at that time thought it's happening in a thousand years. or They all thought it was happening in their lifetimes. And that's very, very important. So that explains why he said that. Is it old school? Because the Prophet could not recall when. Is it because the Prophet could not recall when? Could not recall when? Yeah. Absolutely he couldn't recall when because it's from the ghayb. Nobody knows the sa'a except Allah. That is something specific to him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's only out of Allah's mercy that he gives us signs and indications to shake people, to bring them back. Um, so, yeah, so we don't know. But we know it's close. We know it's close. Now, uh, it is a point that, that is brought up here. I don't know whether we should... Uh, yeah, I, I mention it here, but let's, let's also then say it in its right place as well. I say it could happen any time. And that's what gets all the people started about, you know, the jail is not a human, it's a system. It's the banking system, it's the war system, it's nuclear weapons, it's the Jews, it's the X, it's the Y. You know that standard kind of behavior. Now, there is a level of nonsense there, but there's also a potential of truth to it as well. The nonsense is that this is sometimes the cover story for people who are not very comfortable with the Quran and Sunnah in the first place. What I mean by that, and it will become clear later, is that, uh, you know, in the time, and I mentioned this last week and week before, and I mentioned it all the time, because I do think this is our big challenge of, our, of modernity. Our empirical mind is that if we can't see it, we can't prove it, then we don't believe it. Simple as that. And when it comes to an issue of deen, which is all based upon belief in the ghayb, okay, 
then you'll find that these are the people who are at the forefront of saying that, that Dajjal is not a human, Dajjal is not real, it's a system. And, you know, some of the hadith that speak about Dajjal, they would interpret in very kind of, you know, uh, metaphysical ways because for them, the metaphysical reality or the, the physical reality, I should say rather, is the primary reality. And the metaphysical and the spiritual and that which they don't understand is all to be explained in terms of reference to the physical. So if they can't see it and they can't explain it, it's got to be reduced to that. And that is, of course, a problem. That's what leads to opinions like Dajjal has already come. Dajjal is not, it's not possible for one man to do all these kind of things and to do the kind of, uh, at the numbers and the speed and whatever. And to be honest, from a simple scientific point of view, it is not possible. The science is not even created for someone like Dajjal to have the impact that he would, to have the devastating impact of destruction. And then, I mean, we're going to come across his most famous hadith when he strikes a person in half and then he, he brings the kid back together again. So he will actually walk through and then bring him back together and then you will see obviously what happens after that so at one point we've got to be careful about people who make it too metaphorical at the same time the one thing I do like about listening to some of these theories about what others might call the pre-Dajalic system or the environment which is ripe and making it right for Dajal is that it does emphasize that we are at the end of time and never forget that the end of times is the worst of times. That's what you have to remember. So if we look around and see what you are noticing every day, okay? People focus on natural disaster. I don't know why. Is it an emotional thing? Kashmir at the moment is a big focus point, focal point. And there's like, I don't know, from a, from a let's, let's just take it from a purely dispassionate numbers point of view. There's not many dead at all and there's not many injured at all. Let's look at the China situation. The China situation is not a hundred or a million. It's a trillion times worse than what's happening in Pakistan. There is a concerted, intentional, ideological destruction of the deen in the hearts and minds of all of the people on the, in those areas and a killing off of their generations to come. Let alone just the sheer numbers of those who've been killed or imprisoned or whatever, if you're just looking at it from a numbers game. And what I mean is that that can only... Uh, so you've got huge numbers of deaths and fitna and so on. And we know that from the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, as well as common sense, because if you had a choice now to go back again and choose any era that you wanted to live in, you'd want to live at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, if for no other reason other than to be forgiven. Yeah, and it ought to just be able to just get out of this nonsense and get the free ride to Jannah. They, 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 you, know, you know, the nature of people, the nature of people is that we need the leaders. And leaders inspire us, motivate us, and they lead us, and they guide us. And you, if you're a top leader, then you will, you will take people wherever you want them, if you're a top leader. And it doesn't matter how much you don't like or don't want to follow, whatever. If you've got that kind of leader, they will make up for all of your deficiencies. So if you're with the Prophet ﷺ, he's pulling you through. He's pulling you through. So khalas, I'll take that. Because every other time is a risk. So that's just common sense. As for the statements... Then the Prophet ﷺ made it very, very clear that the end of time, he said that the sa'a will not be established except ala shirar nas except upon the most evil of people. The believers will be taken away. The believers will be spared all of the major fitna of that last moment. The beast, the fire, the, yani, the complete destruction of time and space and everything. The believers will be spared because of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, that the wind will come and it will take all the souls of the believers. I'm telling you, I told you this before, this Avengers Bakwasi always copies a deen. 
I've told you that. Marvel, whatever, they're all, all poor man's the only religion. Or I told you before, Superman, Spider-Man, Batman is all based upon the prophets. Yep, all of them. They take their prophetic story, a template, and they fantasize it and all the rest of it and add all this. But actually, it's always, you know, don't know who you are, go through a broken time, rediscovery, huge power. With huge power comes great responsibility, blah, blah, blah. And then go and then save the people. That's the prophetic model. It's always, always has been. But they just changed the costume, latex, color, whatever. So, likewise, some of these yani hadith that talk about Armageddon and the end of times, whatever, are what create, obviously, the excitement of our movie industry as well. So I want you to know that in principle, the worst of people are there at that time. Okay? The worst of people at that time. That therefore indicates... My mind's gone. I don't even know what it was indicating. Anyway, forget that. End of time. Now, second, where is he from? Where is he? Where is he going to come from? Where is he going to go? Um, some hadith indicate that towards the east. The Prophet ﷺ always used to call it from the mashriq, from the east. Now the east, I'm saying obviously my east, okay, is uh, if you look at, at the Jazeera al-Arab, the Arabian Peninsula at the time of the Prophet ﷺ, east is obviously Afghanistan, Pakistan, okay, that's yani, not even meant to be funny, but it is yani, a bit worrying, okay? And obviously all of the Caucasus and whatever. Uh, classically, this is referred to as Khurasan and Isfahan, okay? And Isfahan and Khurasan are, are very loose territories back then and even now even looser. So like, you know that we call Palestine... Uh, Jordan thingy we, you know, we all have different words for it Okay, The actual phrase is Sham Sham is that entire region Four or five countries Whatever it is There's no such thing as countries In Sharia Okay So it's Sham That entire region And even now People argue about Political boundaries And all the rest of it uh, Sham is quite easy People You know there's some, there's some discussions Right About Sham only meaning Aqsa And some said that Sham only refers to Damascus Some said it only means to Syria some made it as wide as possible and took that whole, what the, the English used to call the Levant. Okay? And the Levant is probably the best yeah, description for what we know as a sham, a sham. But then Iran, for example. Iran is not a word we are familiar with back in the day. Yeah, Asfahan is a, today a city in Iran. Is it central Iran? I think so. Yeah, like bang in the middle kind of almost. Huh? Yeah. And... But it's like almost like the city took the definition of the country almost. It's never indicate it's not indicating the city itself, but the region. And Khurasan, when it's used, is also a loose representation to Iran, Persia, Transoxania. Right? Transoxania is probably that word which yani, is the best or one of them. It's referring to Turkmenistan, Kyrgyzstan, Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. Uh, that entire, the bottom part of Russia, who knows, maybe the top part of Russia at that time, China, right? So when he says, وسلم, that he's from the Mashriq, from the East, I want all this region for you to, basically Asia, that side of the Middle East and Asia. And Iran is definitely involved in this somewhere. Iran is major, sounding like Pippin, Trump, yeah, okay. Iran is definitely involved somewhere. Okay, and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said in a hadith which is narrated by uh, Bukhari, that fitna comes from here and he pointed towards the east. So when he points to the east to them there in Medina, he's referring to 
Iraq, Iran. He, it's like a wide circle. It's not just straight east. So we have other hadith which indicate Iraq is uh, very much a key part of this. Iran, a part of it. And then everything then to the, uh, to the bottom of it and further, which basically means Afghanistan, India, Pakistan, Asia, you know, everything. Bangladesh get away with it, of course, because they were miskin only like three days old. Right. Al-Mashriq. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yeah, so that's the hadith. Now, Uthameen alayhi rahmatullah, he says that he is somewhere from this region, from the east. He will pass by Al-Isfahan. He will go through Iran. And he will uh, enter the Arabian, uh, the, the, the basic peninsula between Syria and Iraq. He will have all of this region under his control, but he has only one target, and that is Medina. He only wants Medina. He doesn't want anywhere else. لَيْسَ لَهُ هَمٌ إِلَّا Medina. Why? Because the MVP is there. And that's the Prophet ﷺ. He wants the Prophet ﷺ. That's why the Prophet ﷺ made a number of hadith. I'm just being very, very brief here. He said, leave it to leave this to me. Most of his physical training and preparation for war, I don't want to say most, that's difficult, but it was very much him preparing for Dajjal. He was ready to take on Dajjal. And even though he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then later tells us that it's actually Isa Islam is going to kill him. But he doesn't know when Isa is going to come. There's already been hundreds and hundreds of years of the raising of Isa Alaihi Wasallam. Right? So it's very interesting that dynamic, that he's ready to do it, but he was also telling that Isa is the one who's eventually going to do it. Does that mean that these are hadith that are coming towards the end of his life? Where he realizing that it's not going to happen anymore? Possibly. Allah knows best. It's a good question for the senior scholars. Allahu ta'ala a'lam. Um, his target is Medina, but he will never be able to get in. It has become, it is haram for him. It is, uh, he is unable to enter the sanctity because of the angels that are upon its doors. So we have the uh, hadith of the Prophet ﷺ about these angels that are guarding effectively the gates to Medina. These gates are a metaphysical reality that we don't know, we don't understand, we can't see them. So, uh, anyway, he won't be able to get in. So he will then go and he will be in this kind of area, Syria, Iraq, East, and he will have an army. And this army, those followers of him, they will be, some will just be fans and followers and believers. And others will be an actual formal army. And the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ says that he will have 70,000 of the Jews of Asfahan. Iranian Jews is a rough translation in modern times. What, that, what the word actually meant, whether it means, uh, you know, you know the problem is, is that if you say Iranian Jews, it kind of sounds like a contradiction. But if I said to you that these are Jews from that, re- that region before Iran was even Iran, then that makes more sense. Like you will go to Kazakhstan, for example, you see big communities of Jews. You go to Afghanistan, for example, you see big communities of Jews that were there way before anyone started practicing Islam or anything like that. You get what I'm trying to say? So we've got to kind of blank our own idea of that. Yeah. Uh, going back to the, uh, when you mentioned the angels surrounding the city of Medina, what's defined as the city of Medina? Yeah, in this hadith? In general, is it modern in Medina or is it when the, the, the scholar, So the, the question is, is that yani, these angels that are guarding the city of Medina, is it what part of Medina? The full whole Medina? Is it yani, this, the haram? They differed over it, according to their own evidences. I, I, I don't have a particular opinion. I don't think, because 
the word is Medina. It's not, it's not Haram. But then at the same time, the action is all in the Haram. So that's why the scholars have got that, that, those two opinions. Oh no, it's nothing like the greater Medina of today where everything is given a municipality kind of uh, connection. No. Um, okay. So he will have a large army. These are formal, 70,000 of the Jews of Asfahan and then others as well. The Prophet ﷺ is taking this seriously. He said in the hadith which is narrated, and there are many narrations of these hadith, but in one of them, So all servants of Allah, be ready and be firm for when he comes. Um, and the reason that he does that is because of this hadith. The Prophet ﷺ said, Whoever hears of a Dajjal, then let him flee. Because a man will not go to him except that he is a believer, and he will not remain with him until he follows him, and takes upon all of his doubts, or his beliefs. Yani, he will go to him as a Muslim, and he will leave him as a kafir. And this hadith obviously is an important one because we do kind of, you know, in, when everybody hears that in this context, there's not a single person here trying to make excuses for Dajjal. Right? Everybody's terrified. They're thinking that he'll probably launch a spell on you. That, you know, it's a case of like, you know, if I open my eyes, I see him, I'm going to turn to stone. You know, all of that kind of thing. So you've got real fear. The really important point here is that, is there a more general lesson? And there is. You know when we say avoid the people of bid'ah, avoid the people of yani, eloquence and so on, and you know people who are, uh, are causing problems in the deen, the munafiqeen for example. This is a lesson that's to be applied to other people who are the minor dajjal, the, uh, the uh, dajjals. Okay? There are minor dajjals that are going to be in every era, false imposters, those people who are giving da'wah to a wrong, whether it's a... A kharij kind of, uh, you know, kharijy type of uh, da'wah to khuruj, right? Meaning, you know, make them, uh, we've got to have Muslim leaders, and if we're not, then kill everybody until we actually get it. You know, khuruj, the kind of al-qaeda, ISIS, that kind of da'wah. Then it's the exact opposite to that, which is that which is so super liberal and so kind of, you know, mythical perennialism. It's all love and, you know, kumbaya and all the rest of it. Then you've got little, you've got colors and shades in the middle of deviant groups and, and aqaid. And it's important for us to know that, you know, obviously I did this podcast last week and a lot of folks have been asking me that question. They said, you said in there that he should take his good and leave his bad. They were specifically talking about Hamza Yusuf and, you know, the comments that he made about whatever, about Syria and all the rest of it. It doesn't matter what he makes comments on and it doesn't matter what I make comments on. There's got to be a basic system that everybody has, which is to avoid the good and take the bad. The problem, avoid, sorry, avoid the bad and take the good. The problem is, is that who has the ability to be able to work out what is the good and what's the bad? And who has the ability to resist the bad when he's meant to be trying to avoid it or filter it? And that's a, that's a valid point. That's a valid criticism of this, this maxim. And we do take it very uh, lightly until a family member falls into it. And then you get a phone call and say, that my brother, my father, my wife has been listening to this, that, whatever. And it causes havoc. It causes havoc. 
And if it only causes havoc in money and in divorce and whatever, then Allah blessed you. He saved you. Because really, the real havoc is when He takes you away. When He takes you away into khuruj, or takes you away into perennialism, or takes you away into some Sufi bakwas, or some, uh, some other extremist, yani, I don't know, whatever, the opposite. And Shia, or Qadianis, or whatever, whatnot. These are all people who present themselves as uh, authentic Muslims. <laughs> i get, I tell you something. A lot of us Paks are very ignorant of the Qadianis, for example. Or the da'wah of the Qadianiyya. Okay? Aga Khan less so, and I'll tell you why. The, well, actually, it's interesting you say Aga Khan. Aga Khan, they don't seem to have very much of a care about da'wah. They want to be known as the perfectionists and the, you know, the rich and, the, you know, and they are the ones that got the best hospitals, best universities, look after, give lots of grants, lots of money. And they're not really kind of, they don't, they don't got a hook. They just want to show off. And they want a little bit of allegiance and not too much questions asked about their wealth and the, royal, the, the, the ruling kind of class. The Qadianis, on the other hand, are interested in converts and they will try and target you. And I'll tell you something right now. That the Qadianis, not from afar, but even close, they look like on the Sunnah hardcore people. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you know, these people are, uh, are doing bid'ah. And, you know, they're praying in the wrong way. And this is, you know, praying in the right way. And... Uh, I'm telling you, man, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you straight, I don't know if I've ever told you this story, but I, I was with Issa the other day, and we were driving down uh, past the, the one in Hume, you know, the mosque and uh, oh, temple, whatever, you know, nearly said mosque, Pakistan don't like that, every do they? they get really upset when you say that, but anyway, their centre, yeah, I was uh, fresh in uni, just moved to new location, and I'm walking, and as I walk through, and it's Salah time. I said, sick masjid right here. <laughs> walked in, whatever. And you know how it is. The first thing you do when you walk into masjid, you don't know, is you study the notice board as closely as possible. Right? Now, back in those days, right? You know, uh, uh, two weeks ago, I was at the Oval, watching the cricket. I finished the cricket, Maghrib is really close. My target masjid is Tooting Beck Masjid. And I'm looking at the clock, and I, I, I come out of the station, did the old Google behavior. Okay, I'm not going to make this. Right? It's like 10 minutes away, and Maghrib's in one minute. I thought, what am I, what am I going to do now? So I typed in, uh, I think I typed in mosque. I typed in masjid, I thought, that was silly, hardly anything. I typed in mosque, and that, that, that showed me that one. Then I thought, let me just try and type in Islam, right? 40 meters away. Islamic center of Ahl Sunnah, blah, blah, blah. So I looked at the spelling, trying to work it out, see if there's any double vowels, double X, Y, Z, you know, doing my investigation. Yep. And made a call quick, whatever, no one picked up. I said, you know what, forget it, I'm going to give it a shout. Because I'm all right, I'm, I'm from the people, you know what I mean? I'll go and pray with anyone. Yeah? So you are coffee? So, 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 I, so I walk in, literally it was like 30 seconds away. It was a shop front. That's why it was so close, because it's actually on to in Broadway. Or the, light, the big road or whatever it is. Anyway, knock on, looks all right. Looks in, walks, walked in. Heart beating, obviously. You never know, innit? Yeah? Saw this guy at the front, leading you know, four people. And you look at the people, isn't it? So I saw one Nigerian guy, and I saw a couple of Pakis. I felt better. I go, Nigerian guy is not going to be coming some dodgy behavior, you know what I mean? They're all right. They know. They're not as divinous as Pakis. Yep. So I prayed, and I thought to myself, you know, I think this is like a quiet, off-the-path kind of, off kind of masjid. Dio Bandi Hanafi type flex. It's going to be all right. Anyway, 
there was no notice board. That's the problem. You see what I'm saying? This is all coming from the notice board. When I finished and I went to the notice board, rah, rah. It was like the Khalifat of the bloody blah, blah. It wasn't Qadiani, but it was some next kind of Brillo type kind of, you know, extreme. I don't know what it was, man. But it wasn't legit, legit. Who was the Khalifa? Huh? Are there? Is it? Yeah, don't, 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 don't get, don't, don't feel at, at ease when you see one Nigerian, yeah? Firaq themselves. No, they have, I don't think it's really like uh, Islamically vegan. Really, they have like political khalifas in Nigeria. Right. I think there's one in Manchester. Sick. Sick. Who was the khalifa on the. No, no, no. It wasn't hard, as far gone as the Qadianis, but they got a proper khalifa. But it could, you could see that it was yani, a hardcore Brillo kind of faction. But I'm okay praying behind the bridge. I've got no problem with that. So I was alright. But I thought myself, you know, I missed out on a proper salah. You know what I mean? One, one which you enjoy and whatever. I was in the mood, you know. Watch all day with Bakwasi and, you know. <laughs> tip tap, tip tap, test match as well. I went one day. Which got burned down? Really? Monty, tell us, bro. How much do you think it is? You're a hater. Like yeah, yeah. It's as Sufi as your traditional Muslim. Yeah. So, anyway, the point is, is that after I finished my salah praying behind these people in Hume, I looked at this uh, thingy. This is 1995, by the way. And I saw this picture of this guy, and he goes, Come and meet the Khalifa of the whatever. Wallah, I didn't have a dally what was going on. I thought, Ras, these guys have got well good hookups, man. They've got a khalifa and they've got it all organized. Mush was so clean. People were so happy. Came out. I was buzzing. I think about a week or two weeks later, I've told someone, listen, you know, by the way, I'm sorted. I live near a mosque and on the way there's a mosque. They go, what mosque? I go, you know, I couldn't remember the name, but I described it. So I go, it's right where the brewery is, just behind it, you know, turn the thingy, go like that, that. They go, there's no boss there. There's no boss there. I said, you plumb up right in there. <laughs> he goes, that's the Qadiani temple. I said, Allah, don't say that. So you can't tell. I don't know what we're talking about, but anyway, the point is, everybody's got to be careful. Anyway, 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 anyway. So the third point that he wants to cover, which is at the top of page 193, he's got his da'wah, what is his da'wah, what is his call? Um, this is important because the Prophet ﷺ said that when he first comes onto the scene, he will say, I am Muslim. He will call to Allah. Okay? Then, he will, and he will rate Islam, talk about propagating. He will, and the, when, the key thing about Dajjal is that he is super eloquent. Like he's got all of the lines. He's a superstar. Yeah, he's a superstar. Alright? Then he will claim prophethood. And you know that these shayateen, they don't yani, go, I'm a prophet. But they will build it up to the level where the people will say that you are a leader and you say, okay, I'll take it. You know what I'm trying to say? And then when you're a leader, then you say that, you know, I'm the prophet of my people in a, in a linguistic sense. And then it turns from the linguistic into, you know what, we actually believe it then. And then he will claim divinity. And that's the idea, of course, when it goes to a whole next level. All right? That will be his end. He will claim divinity. Fourth point, what actually is the nature of his trial? 
his test. Sheikh Uthameen says it's from the wisdom of Allah, min hikmatullah azza wa jal, that he will give him extreme power. Not normal power, extreme, huge power. So that he has the ability to bring the dead back to the life and to make the living dead as well, to cause death across the board. He will, as I said before, he will be able to make animals, uh, produce animals. He will bring grass back, he will bring uh, crops back. And he will call a people to himself and they will be the poorest and the most destitute of people and they will immediately become the most powerful and the richest physically. They will become satiated physically, meaning there will all be, yani, there'll be famines and, and whatever. They'll become satiated, their lands will become yani, rich treasures and so on. Then there'll be people who are middle of the road and some are okay and some are not, who will refuse his da'wah and in front of the eyes of the people, they will lose everything. Their crops will die there and then. The land will become barren. Themselves, they will go through a physical change as well. The hadith is very famous where the Prophet ﷺ said that he will say to the land, yani, uh, bring out your treasure. And uh, the treasure will come out. Also, the Prophet ﷺ said, the hadith it was narrated by uh, uh, Bukhari, uh, hadith number 3338. The Prophet ﷺ said that he will be accompanied with something resembling hellfire and heaven. Whether it's a portal that he's walking with, that he's able to access and show people a vision or whatever it is, then we don't know. But what we do know is that his Jannah is the fire and that his fire is the heaven. Whoever enters each one respectively with whatever desire they had, they will get the opposite thereof. So those people that refuse and he goes into the fire, you go and they step in because there's no other choice. They are the ones who are rewarded as shuhada. The next level of his fitna, uh, I've covered this hadith before in other classes, is that he will say to a person, accept me, and they'll say, don't be silly. And his parents will have passed away. And so you say to them, what if I bring your parents back to life? This hadith is sahih. It's narrated by the, in the, in the, in the jami' of Imam Tirmidhi. Prophet said, for he will then from his army, there will be some devils. Two devils will take the form of his parents. And he will bring them forth in front of this person. The narration, that's where that narration ends. The narration of Ibn Majah, which is also authentic, adds that the parents will say to the kid, this is your Lord, follow him. This is God. Now you... Lose your parents and you buried them yourself. And some person comes, some God comes and brings your parents in front of you and they're telling you to worship. You're not dreaming. This is real. You've done all the tests and it's right there in front of you. You tell me who's going to survive that? Who's going to mentally be able to be strong at that point? How, how, do, you, how do you do that? So that's why it comes upon the worst of people, it's the worst of trials, it's the scariest of trials, no prophet didn't warn his people, except about the jad. and we, whilst we're alive, repeat this dua, every single time we pray, Allahumma inni a'udhubika min fitnatil masihad dajjal, it's a line that must be memorized, it's narrated by the sunnah so many times, to the extent that out of all of the heroic nature of our deen, and we've got so many heroes in our religion, such a history, the Prophet ﷺ has already told us who the greatest of the martyrs will be. 
And that is referring to his own time as well. That's referring to the prophets as well. He said that the greatest of the shuhada will be a young boy. I want you to think about this now. The hadith is that this young boy will come to Dajjal and say to him, you are kafir, you are the Dajjal. You are fake, you are an imposter. The Prophet ﷺ said that he will strike him, one clean strike. Some narration says through the legs like this, others from the top. He will be split in half completely. The hadith says that he will walk. And it will be one, one, one swipe. في مرة الأولى He will die. He will walk between his two halves. Then he will call the two halves and they will then join back together. And he will look at him smiling. Yani, you thought I was a fake. You thought, you know, you thought this was a blag. How do you like that? And the boy will look back at him smiling as well. And he says, you really are that Dajjal that the Prophet ﷺ told us about. You really are. That's exactly what he said that you would do. And that's going to infuriate the Dajjal. Going to infuriate him. That's the last response that he was expecting. And he will strike him again to cut him again. And he will not be able to penetrate whatsoever. He will not be able to literally, the thing will break. He's like iron, steel of some sort. He's like of iron or steel. He will try to kill him again and again and again, but he is not able to overpower him. And he will not then after that moment be able to overpower a single person. At that moment, that is the sign of the end. Isa then will come forth. And at that moment, uh, and I'll come to that in, uh, uh, in, in, in a second. The hadith is narrated by Bukhari. And the number 1882. We don't know his name. We don't know his time period. All we know. He's a boy, he's not an animal. Yes. Shab. And you know, the point for me, the point for me is that you just, you know, I look at the youth of today who, mashallah, are just interested in, you know, Fortnite, phones, bakwas, millennials, Instagram, Instagram, any everything. I, I'm still waiting for the positive to come out of the youth today. I don't know. And you read a hadith like this and you think, subhanAllah, thank God that this deen has not been left in our hands. Because Allah is going to bring forth a kid who knows what he was created for. If the youth really recognize you know, how important they are, how, how, how this religion depends upon their work, their sacrifices, their aspirations, that a, a young boy is going to come and he's going to smash it. While everybody is falling left, right and center, a young boy is going to have the cojones to go up to this guy and tell it to him straight and get killed and not know whether he's been brought back or not. And when he does then come back, he's like, sick, he just confirmed exactly what I thought. And bam, that's the end of the story. That's the end of the story. All right, let's, let's finish this off. Khamisan, the length of time that he'll be in the earth. We've covered this hadith in the chapter of Salah, right? He'll be there for 40 days. The Prophet ﷺ said that he'll be here for 40 days. One day will be like a year. One day will be like a month. One day will be like a week. And the rest 
of his days the rest of the days will be like your days this hadith is very famous it's part of the real long detailed hadith narrated by Muslim now we'll talk about this in a second first of all what does it mean that a day is like a year okay what does that mean does it mean it's a year so does that mean that he's on the earth for one year and 174 days if you are giving 30 days for a month 7 days for a week 37 remaining days does it mean one year and 74 that could be one interpretation person turn around and say well, hold on the Prophet said 40 days where did you get one year and 74 you have what you've done is taken his day and just basically added it to a cumulative type uh, so we don't know. I'll tell you what we do know. That when the companions were told this, they didn't do what I just did. Which is, is that 170 days? Is that X, Y, well, you know what? They didn't try to calculate it. They didn't ask for any further evidence. They didn't ask for any further explanation. Admit it. If you just heard someone say that, you're going to say, what do you mean by year? What Would that mean that you know, what, what does it mean? What's this, what happens to the sun on that day? Because we know that the sun does this and we go around and that's 24 hours. I mean, time's going to freeze or what's going to happen? What we know is that the companion said, that day that's going to be like a year, how are we going to pray that day? How are we going to pray that day? That was their number one concern. In fact, not number, it was their only concern, frankly. Right? That, that when it's, everything all falls down, how are we going to pray? And that's, of course, a very important lesson for the importance of the prayer in their lives. But also another very important lesson. That, you know, people spend a lot of time and energy trying to work out all this, you know, trying to bring it back down to your scientific understanding of things. Who gives a monkeys about your scientific understanding? Or your ability to understand Aslan? You know, subhanAllah, there's such a refreshing freedom in reading these fantastical narrations. It's so, you know, a lot of people, they find... Look, look, look at the blessing of guidance. Guidance is when you hear a statement like that and you're just thinking of the import of the statement. Misguidance is when you hear a statement of like that and you're struggling to make it fit with what you understand about life already. And you will spend that day and that week and that month and you will never be able to work it out. Tell me which genius is going to be able to work it out how a day becomes like a year. And he won't be able to. And because he is not able to, he rejects it. Or he gives it a metaphorical meaning. Or he says it means X or Y or Z. His whole life is going to be stressed according to his own system. He thinks that the problem is in the text. That's the true misguidance. Instead of thinking that the problem is with me. Or maybe I don't know. Or maybe this is information that's going to come later. And that, I'm telling you brothers and sisters, is probably the single most important piece of advice to come from today's, in terms of your aqidah. Never yani, rate the things that you... I told you, we mentioned this yesterday. The alam al-ghayb and the alam al-shahada. We've got so much importance and, and weight to the alam al-shahada. When actually it's the alam al-ghayb which is more real. More real. Absolutely. We should have more faith and confidence in that which we don't know than that which we do. Because I know that I've been tricked with what I've seen with my eyes, but I've never been tricked with what I've not seen. I've never been tricked with what Allah has told me is true. 
When you see that dua of the Prophet this statement says, may I love this dua. It's a dua of such freedom when you say it. The fire is true. And the Jannah is true. And the Prophets are true. And the Day of Judgment is true. And you are true. And the meeting with you is true. It, and it makes a person relaxed. Don't need to worry and stress about it. And that's why, and you've heard us you know, speak about this before, when you look at the early scholars and you look at the big people and the big personalities of Islam, they used to have a common desire and a dua. Oh Allah, allow us to return to the religion of the old women. The religion of the old women. What does that mean? Old women don't yani, get all this bakwas and they don't care about it. Their deen is nice and simple. Bit salah, sadaqah, something happened, give some sadaqah, go and pray a bit more, fast, this, that, wake up early, sacrifice, tough, yani, you know, deal with it. Because it's rough times, good times are coming. Saying that holiday, this is a prison. Simple life, bro. Not this philosophy, aqeedah, discussing this, that. I'm a man today, woman tomorrow, gender bakwas. Yani. Flipping heck. Right. So there you go. Um, so we don't know. We don't know. That's an, is only a thing. We've got questions coming here. Lots of questions probably here. Let me just try to finish yani, this uh, thing because I don't want to do the journal next week. Um, SubhanAllah, he made a point. I was reading this earlier on, SubhanAllah. Sheikh Uthameen says, he goes, what an incredible statement Allah has said. We read this all the time. We think about it all the time. Today is the day I've completed your religion and perfected my favor upon you. Yep. <coughs> if you see أَكْمَلْتُ لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ I have completed for you your religion Your deen Which is more than your religion It's everything in life If you actually understand this statement That it's been complete for you Think about this How are you still stressed Trying to understand what you don't understand When Allah has already said It is complete It's clear if you don't understand That your understanding is incomplete Allah has already said his system is complete. So if you don't get it, well, it can't be his because he's already said it's complete, which means you are incomplete. If we could get that message to every single person to humble their intellect and their arguments and recognize that the problem is always going to be with them and not the text, there'll be a great, yani, uh, a great result for the Muslims. Bismillah.
space guys there yeah if you guys just let let the uh, the elders you know, take that left hand side if you guys will come to, towards me move forward yeah make some space all right let's go for another six seven minutes finish off this chapter and also answer some of the questions if you go back to ibrahim's questions okay he asks is he a jinn is he human is he alive now this is very good um and the answer is that he is human he's from bani adam some of the scholars said he's shaitan some said that his mom is a jinn and his dad's a human, that's sick in it. That's a sick combination. Why the mum jinn? That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We just we just quote scholars, that's all. Anyway, all of these are not authentic, not correct, okay? Uh, he eats, drinks like everybody else, he is human. Okay, and he will be killed as well in a human form by Isa alayhi salam. He is human. Um, and he'll be killed by humans. Yeah. The second, this, the next point is, this is at the bottom of page 199. Is he alive right now? This is another myth that people talk about. You know, he's around for millennia. Is he existing, etc., etc. No, he's not alive and he'll be sent whenever, whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to be, to be sent, uh, him to be sent. That doesn't mean that though there are not minor Dajjals who are sent regularly. So we have minor versions of, you know, these, these imposters. Call them whoever you are, the deviant people that we've seen in our history. These are the minor Dajjals. And we have hadith that even enumerate them, that there'll be 30, there'll be 40, etc., etc. Yes, Mukhtar. That's right. Yeah, but... The interpretation of this hadith is that this was not the actual Al-Masih Al-Dajjal, the real one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And so just to finish off this particular section, the question is that Sheikh asks on the page of top of 200, that is this mean that it's obligatory to make this dua? Some scholars, Imam Ahmed, in one opinion, was that it is obligatory to make this dua. The majority of scholars said it's sunnah. And that's the correct position. But I just want you to know that we should not let the legal reality of this point, that it's sunnah to make this dua, make it be something deaf. Because you know what happens when you tell someone something sunnah, then you start to leave it. Because it's obviously, you say, oh, it's sunnah, I don't have to do it. And Sheikh Uthami makes a great point. He goes, no believer should ever keep this away from himself or his prayer, it should become a part of it, even if you understand it to be sunnah, because you're leaving yourself open. Yani the Prophet is yani making this dua all the time, and you, who's going to save you? 
who's going to save you? So it's something that's got to be taken very, very seriously. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from it. Allahumma ameen. It's no joke, yani. Honestly, there's a lot of uh, fun and fantasy around this subject. People, yani, read it with interest. But it is no joke. No joke. Um, so let's take a few of the questions. Will all the scholars from Medina be from Ahlul Sunnah? That's not the truth. No, there's no protection of that. The hadith that praises the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah, by the way, which there are, the, 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 the scholars of uh, Medina, which there are hadith to that extent, uh, do not restrict it, do not mean that all of the scholars are uh, rightly guided or authentic in that sense. Okay? Yes, Medina has a much higher percentage of rightly guided scholars, but not all of them. No hadith says all of them. Or that there's no mistakes there or whatever. Like the family of the Prophet ﷺ. A lot of people, they think that I am, you know, Sayyid or whatever. Or uh, Sharif, right? Uh, a part of the, the, the family of the Prophet ﷺ. The, the family of the Prophet ﷺ has no special status unless they live up to the status. That's the simple rule. Nobody is given a status unless they live up to it. It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter who they are. Okay. Uh, the Salawat Ibrahimiyah, which is Durud Sharif, okay, there are a number of versions. Sister asks, yani, is it uh, uh, something that uh, we should use by Bukhari, the one uh, without Kama, Sallayta Ala Ibrahim wa Ala Ibrahim, okay? Um, and the answer is, is that all of these are authentic. There's no better or not better. Whatever you use is good. And, it, yani, and in my opinion, as I covered before, to vary them is better. To use whatever is good, but to vary them, to know them all, and to leave it out sometimes, and say it, إِنَّكَ حَمِيدٌ مَجِيدٌ اللَّهُمَّ بَارِكَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ To recycle between that, and say, اللَّهُمَّ صَلَى مُحَمَّدُ وَعَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ كَمَا صَلَيْتَ عَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَعَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمُ وَبَارِكَ عَلَى مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى To recycle between them keeps it fresh, keeps your mind focused on what you're trying to say, as opposed to just becoming a drone, and automatic, you know, whatever. Come down, come down. Um, and then, there is the question that, the coming of Dajjal is still quite a bit of time before the wind, okay? So what do you mean? So what I mean, what I, what, what I mean is not, I didn't say that the Dajjal will come on the worst of the people because it's the worst of the people is the end of the Day of Judgment. There's still activities left. Isa salam, Mahdi, Isa salam, then there'll be the Great War. But it's going to come upon the worst of the people at that time. Meaning that uh, however rough we are, if we die before that time, then the next time is going to be worse. That's what I mean. So... Obviously, we're getting closer to the end. It's coming to the, the Prophet ﷺ said that no time would come except that the time after it will be worse. So that's what I mean, that it will be the worst, worst or worse uh, from what time came before it. And it's very, very close. The time scale between the wind and the jal, people think it's a long time because there's armies and fights and whatever. We don't know the nature of that war. You know, people might be thinking it's a long, drawn out, you know, hand combat, but with nuclear weapons, and you can start a war and end a war in whatever. We just don't know the actual realities of a lot of these things. We don't know the nature of the horses and the eggs and what the weaponry is referring to. Is it, is it a real way? Is it not? We don't know. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. Any questions in class? Oh, oh Mesa asks, do these people who fall for the Dajjal, is it because they don't know the hadith? Come on, man. You can know every hadith in the sun. If I see someone bring my parents back up to life, emotions are clouding our judgment all the time. All the time. And what about fitna? What about power? What about those people who know the truth and they get bought out easily? They fall, they fall for a beautiful woman or a promise for, of the chair or a little bit of money. What about yani, someone giving you real power? The judge saying you can be my right hand man or I'll make you part of my army. Are you kidding me? It's not, it doesn't just, just have to be uh, you know, about you know, knowing the hadith. Many people know hadith. Any questions in class? 
So, uh, so to go back to the actual protection, apart from the du'a in salah, which is the, which is the core, reciting Surah Al-Kahf, which is uh, actually a bit more specific. It's not the recitation of Surah Al-Kahf, but the first ten verses in one narration, and then the last ten verses in another narration. By the way, that hadith is not the most authentic of hadith, but it's certainly something to use. Okay. Um, fleeing, not trying to think that we can handle it, and so on and so forth. This is all good. And the rest, in my opinion, is to remain clear and, and faithful to your religion. Those people who are on the fringes will always be the last one to know about this. Those people who are on it and make it their priority to be aware of everything that's happening in their life, they're not going to be taken out by Dajjal. That's the istiadah that they've been asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for. If they are not getting played by the kuffar, they're not getting played by their desires, if they're not getting yani, tricked into sinning because they're so aware of everything around them and they're st- sticking true, that is the response to the dua that they're asking for. Because how else are you going to protect yourself against him? So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala always for this great protection from al-Masih and Dajjal. Allahumma ameen. And from every fitna of al-Mahya wal-Mamat. Allahumma ameen. So next week, inshallah, there'll be no lesson here locally. Okay, it's all going to be live online. We're going to, inshallah, do it from Al-Aqsa. And I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to enter it salimin and to exit it salimin. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring, yani, as-salam to Al-Aqsa, Al-Muqaddasa, Allahumma ameen. So see you guys, inshallah, in a couple of weeks. Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Ashadu an la ilaha illa anta wa astaghfirullah wa atubu ilayk. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.